Let's go back to Acts chapter 17 and verse 28. This is going to be the beginning text of our benediction throughout this entire year, right? So let's read it out together. For in him we live and move and exist. Give me the uh, ESV translation or is this the ESV? Okay, great. Um, As even some of your own poets have said, go back. Go to the previous, okay. For in him we live and move and have our being. Next line. For as even some of your own poets have said, for we are indeed his offspring. That is what the Lord is saying. Uh, God is teaching us this principle of being an offspring of God. Somebody that has sprung out from God. Somebody that is in him. Because the more that we are in Him, the more that more we will realize our true identity, the more we realize what we have in store for this season, the more we will be able to gather, not, not scatter, but gather everything that God has in store for us this season. Amen. Let's go to Colossians chapter 1 and verse 9. This is the text also which is in our benediction for this year. And there are three things that we will see Paul is praying for us. Uh, Paul is praying actually for the church at Colossae. Let's read it out. And so from the day we heard, we have not ceased to pray for you, asking that you may be filled. Everybody say filled. With what? With the knowledge of his will. So the first thing that God wants us to be filled with is the knowledge of his will. See, this comes when we constantly abide in Him, when we constantly abide, when we make it our life goal to live in Him and to move in Him and to not exist outside of Him. That outside of God, you cannot find me. If you need to find me, you need to come search in the heart of God. And when we we learn to live like that, the Bible says that He will give us the complete knowledge of His will. You know what is the dangerous place to be in? To have partial knowledge of His will. And that is where most of us are in. You know, for example, I'll give you an example. The partial knowledge that we have sometimes is that, okay, I'll just just give you an example when it comes to loving people. What does the Bible say? Love your neighbor as yourself. That's partial knowledge if you study the word of God you will also see that the Bible says separate yourself from the unclean so your love for that person has to be in such a way that you are still separated from the unclean thing that they carry in their spirit you understand what I'm saying the only kind of people that you can associate with other people that you have authority to overcome the struggles that they they carry in their spirit for example if you have an authority to to break down the spirit of negativity then you can be around negative people no problem it will not affect you but if you yourself are struggling with negative thoughts in your own head then you're not qualified to hang out with negative people you understand what I'm saying do you you understand because that negative person is going to begin to affect you. There are some relationships that 
you know, you have to withdraw from because you realize that, hey, wait, 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 I, I don't seem to have an authority over this relationship. No matter how much I invest into this relationship, no matter how much I tend to teach and speak and pray, this is going nowhere. It's a repeat of the same thing again and again and again and again. And that is when you withdraw. You see that, wait, wait, wait. This is outside, this is outside my metron, this is outside my sphere of influence or either this person doesn't want to learn or, or it, is, it, is, it is not something that I can influence. If it's not something that you can influence, then you withdraw. If, it's, uh, if you want to love people, it has to be within the framework of things that you have authority over. If your problem is alcoholism, if you are tempted by alcohol, then you cannot try to be close friends with other alcoholics. You understand what I'm saying? I can be close friends with alcoholics because that's not a problem for me. That's not even a temptation for me. You understand? I can be a close friend with uh, people who have several issues, but there are other things that can be my weaknesses, that can be my struggles. And I cannot be a close friend with those people because, wait, I don't necessarily have authority over these things. And I cannot exercise if I cannot exercise authority over these things then I will stay away that is complete knowledge of Israel you get what I'm saying the biggest danger that you and I have today is that we will be satisfied with the partial knowledge of Israel and we will end up making blunders we will end up going crazy we will we will end up doing things that will destroy our life but this season, the Lord says that I'm, I'm giving you a complete knowledge of His will. See, if you have to be walking in that authority and, and if you need to gather this season, then you need a complete knowledge of His will. You need to know where to gather. You need to know how to gather. You need to know where not to gather. You know, need to know what is not given to me. What is given to me and what is not given to me. Amen. Let me, because we are in this particular text, because we are already talking about this, let's go to the book of John, chapter 17. The book of John, chapter 17 and verse... Hmm. Which is this verse? Uh, let, me, let me try and get this scripture. I was not prepared to share this with you but because okay let's let's read verse 9 can I can I have verse 9 okay what does it say I am praying for them I am not praying for the whole world okay but for those whom you have given me for they are yours okay L let me let me actually trace back okay i need to trace this back a little bit okay let's start from verse 6 let's start from verse 6 john chapter 17 and verse 6 i want you to understand this concept because this will help us in gathering in the right direction and gathering in the right way okay what does the bible say i have manifested who is praying this 
If you read this in your Bible, you would see it in red letters, which means this is spoken by Jesus and he's saying this to the Father, okay? I have manifested your name to the people whom you gave me out of the world. Come on. Yours they were and and you gave them to me and they have kept your word. Amen. Now, now, what he's saying is out of the so many people that are in the world, there are certain people that you have given to me. Okay, Jesus is saying that yes, I came for the whole world, right? Jesus came for the whole world. Come on, talk to me. Yes, sure, right? But out of the whole world, there are certain people that the Father had given to Jesus. That Jesus had authority over. That Jesus had influence over. And he says, yes, the, there is a lot of people that, you know, I love and I care for. But there are few that you have given to me. And what have I done for them? I have manifested your name to the people that you gave me out of the whole world yours they were and you gave them to me and they have kept your word verse 7 it says now they know that everything that you that you have given me is from you now verse 8 for I have given them the words that you gave me and they have received them and have come to know in truth that I came from you and they have believed that you sent me now coming to verse 9 okay now coming to verse 9 it says I am praying for them I'm only praying for them give me verse 9 verse 9 uh, where is verse 9 I am praying for them yes ready okay I am praying for them I am not praying for the whole world but for those that for those that you have given me for they are yours and all mine are yours and yours are mine and I am glorified in them now I verse 11 I am no longer in the world but they are in the world and I'm coming to you Holy Father keep them in your name which you have given me that they may be one even as we are one so Jesus is essentially praying for these disciples of his who are given to him, who have been handed down to him. Now, let me explain this to you. For each and every one of us, there is a harvest that is already given to you. You get what I'm saying? You know what, you know what is our problem? We are trying to run after harvest that is not given to us. We run we are trying to gather things that is not and that is why the struggle that is why we we have to sweat day and night that is why we are trying to you know try to be respected and honored by people who are not called to respect and honor you there are certain people no matter how much you love them no matter how much you care for them they are not going to get it so you don't have to spend your time trying to gain their acceptance and honor and, 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 and trying to get money from those sources and trying to get those businesses to work and, and trying to get that particular job to work. There are some things that are not given to us. You understand what I'm saying? So you, you and I, we need to realign our prayers 
And we need to start praying for things that have already been given to us. You know, if you read the previous verses, you would see Jesus saying that, Hey, Lord, Father, I know that you have glorified me in all the earth. I have authority over all the earth. You know, like for, for example, you know, when, when we are living in Bangalore, we have authority over the whole city of Bangalore. But the whole city of Bangalore will not come to our church. That's right. Jesus, when he said, he said, hey, I have authority over everything, but not everything is given to me. There are some that are given to me and they are the ones that I'm going to pursue. They are the ones that I'm going to pray for. They are the ones that I'm going to invest my time in developing. Now this season, why am I, why am I teaching you this? It's necessary for you to know what is the will of God concerning your gathering the complete knowledge of his will over your life, for your life. The more you understand this, the less disappointed you will be. The, 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 the more you don't understand this, the, the more you will keep comparing yourself with somebody else. You will keep saying, wait a minute, Jesus, uh, check this guy out. This guy has better things than I have. This guy is gathering more money than I am. This guy is gathering more resources than I am. This guy is getting more attention than I'm getting. Uh, and, 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 and we will live in dissatisfaction and we'll live in discontentment because of things that has not been given to us. So the first thing that Paul says is, hey, in this season, you need to pray for the complete knowledge of his will. Everybody say complete knowledge of his will. What is the second thing that he asked us to pray for? Colossians chapter 1 verse 9, he says, The second thing that I'm asking you to pray for, that I'm actually praying for you, is for spiritual wisdom. The second thing is spiritual wisdom. My father calls it spiritual intelligence. He talked about this, right? Yeah, and, and it is necessary for us to not just have the complete knowledge of his will because there are several people who have the knowledge of his will but don't know how to execute that will how to achieve those things that are kept in store for them that are you know kept as their goals that are that are already given to them it requires some amount of wisdom not natural wisdom but spiritual wisdom to attain those things you understand what i'm saying so paul is saying don't just pray for the complete knowledge of his will you also need to pray for spiritual wisdom and the third thing that he says is pray for understanding spiritual understanding spiritual wisdom and understanding now you may ask me what is the difference between wisdom and understanding see wisdom is when it comes as a revelation to you maybe through God's word or maybe through a sermon or whatever you know you've received that wisdom but understanding is when that wisdom becomes a practice in your life when that when that principles becomes routines in your life then you don't need God to speak to you to do something for example you know when you know we've been teaching about giving in church every Sunday right now we're getting revelations from the Lord week after week after week now, when these revelations that we are receiving from the Lord, when it becomes our practice, 
things that we will you know things that have become part and parcel of our lifestyle then we already have an understanding about these things then now now it's not just wisdom now it's like part and parcel of our life so the the understanding of the complete knowledge of his will has to transpire and and become spiritual wisdom so that we are able to walk in that will and that and that wisdom needs to be constantly practiced till it becomes a a regular normal understanding in your mind amen now now we spoke about a few things that will cause us to scatter the things that god has ordained for us this year the first is giving ear to the wrong voice uh the second is not listening to god's voice no it's not enough that we we um you know stop listening to Jezebel it's necessary that we start listening to God and uh, we spoke about how to do that uh, the third thing that we studied is about pride and haughtiness you know and and how pride is not just about becoming like Lucifer how pride is about depending on yourself that's what we learned right now today we're going to go a little more further and continue to talk about scattering okay now that we understand the context of gathering the context of gathering is that we be in him that we abide in him we exist in him that we 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 choose to have our being in him that we choose to walk in the complete knowledge of his will the spiritual wisdom that he is giving us and understanding that is the context to gather everything that he has plan for us it's necessary now to protect ourselves from things that will cause us to be scattered okay i'm going to try and focus on this as much as possible i don't know till uh, if i can do that on a sunday morning because sunday we'll have more people but let's see how how we will be able to do this if we are able to do this we'll try to continue to talk about things that cause us to be scattered yeah Uh, the book of judges chapter 21 and verse 25 the bible says in those days there was no king in israel and everyone did what was right in his own eyes what happened to the people in israel is that they came to canaan they came to the promised land they entered the promised land in other words they had the complete knowledge of his will and then they had the spiritual wisdom that they received on mount sinai and the understanding that they developed over 40 years which eventually brought them into the promised land however the bible says even after they came into the promised land even after they entered into canaan these guys did not have a king they did not have an order they did not have a system put in place they did not have authority figures in the land and because of that everybody did what was right in their own eyes in other words everybody got scattered everybody they they they, they decided today we will build an altar here to some fake uh, and unknown god they would do that you know you read through the context in in the book of judges these guys built altars to things that they have no clue about you know one guy he just hired a levite and started building altars to uh, to idols you know and 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 the next book the book of ruth you would see these guys going to moab 
away from their promised land because there is a season of famine because they don't see their gathering you know God promised them gathering God promised them harvest when they came into Canaan God said this is the last day that you will eat from the manna that comes from the skies today onwards you will eat from the harvest of this land in other words you know it's very funny because these guys never invested into this land these guys never sowed into Canaan but they are entering in to reap what somebody else had sown and worked hard for you get what I'm saying this is my father's revelation let me let me share this with you he said it like this he said see before these guys came into Canaan this land the 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 land still had plenty there, there was still milk and honey there was a lot of fruit bearing there was a lot of harvest here to be gathered right you remember the 12 spies that went and brought back the report however the Israelites they had not achieved that level of maturity and understanding to conquer the or bring forth or bring home the harvest and the gathering that God had prepared for them in Canaan so God entrusted the land of Canaan into the hands of giants you know the giants were the ones that were you know ruling and reigning over Canaan right that is one of the reasons why these guys were so scared of entering into the promised land because they are like we are like grasshoppers in front of them amen now the crazy thing is this that the blessings that these guys were about to inherit well was so big that ordinary people couldn't handle this that they God had to give it into the hands of giants to handle or to steward the blessings that Israelites had to possess it was not meant for these giants these giants were only stewarding what actually belong to Israelites till they become mature and grown up and and they have they have the understanding of his will and they have they 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 grow in that spiritual wisdom and they walk in understanding and they are able to enter into the promised land amen the day that you conquer the giants that you're faced with you're ready to inherit the gathering that they have harvested for you you, you know, you're wondering, you're wondering what is it that is stopping me from experiencing my harvest? It is because, you know, this is what is stopping. These giants are the ones that are stopping you from inheriting your harvest. And these giants actually hold keys to your harvest. These giants hold keys to your blessings. These giants hold keys to your breakthroughs. You know, you're, you're, you're going to God saying, God, give me your breakthrough. No, God doesn't have your breakthrough. God has already entrusted it to the giants. Now, you and I need to walk in spiritual wisdom, understanding and the knowledge of His will to come to a place where we will go and conquer these giants and, and overcome these giants so that we are able to inherit this promised land and inherit and gather everything that God has prepared for us that God has kept in store for us amen now even after they inherited the promised land there were some things that continued to scatter these guys can you imagine that 
you know, fasting and praying, seven days of fasting and praying, you've grown in your spiritual understanding and wisdom and everything. And still, you know, the enemy is capable to scatter you and not allow you to inherit what rightfully belongs to you. And the reason being that there was no king in Israel. There was absolutely no king in Israel. And because there was no king in Israel, the, everybody did as they wanted to do, whatever they wanted to do. Now, in this text, if you see, you're not talking about, a, you're not talking about God. God is already the king of this nation, right? But we're not talking about God. Because if you, if you go to the book of Samuel, when Samuel was appointing a king, God said, hey, I am already the king of this place. They're not rejecting you, they're rejecting me, right? So God was already king over this nation and still these people walked in their own ways. They, they, they did whatever they wanted to do because there were, not other, there were no other earthly authority figures that they had that they could be accountable to. You understand what I'm saying? There was a Moses, then there was a Joshua, then there were these judges. And just in the days or the times of these judges, these guys will behave. And as soon as their lifetime is over, they will go back to whatever they wanted to do. And that caused them to be scattered throughout the book of Judges. It's all stories of how the enemy came and scattered the people of God that were already in their promised land, that were already in the season of gathering, that were already in their year of gathering. Why? Because they did not have a king. Now, now, if you understand the context that I'm talking in, we, we spoke about this, you know, Pastor Cleophas spoke about this yesterday. Uh, Dad and, you know, uh, Prophet Hari spoke about this. Yes, you know, before, day before yesterday and and then, you know, this morning also Pastor Steve spoke about this. So I'm not going to go into too much of detail, but let me, let me tell you this. There is a necessity for each and every one of us to come to that place of accountability and that willingness to submit to earthly authority figures that God has given us, earthly leaders that God has given us so that there can be a covering over your gathering. So it's not that you're not in your season of gathering. It's not even that you don't have the spiritual wisdom. It's just that sometimes you and I, we don't have a king over our lives. It's that we don't have that earthly authority figures over our lives who we will submit to. Let's jump to the book of Hebrews chapter 13 and verse 17. We've read and studied this verse plenty of times. So we're not going to spend a lot of time, but we'll still study this tonight, okay? What does it say? Obey your leaders and submit to them. Let's stop there, okay? So it's talking about obeying your leaders, which is plural, right? It's a plural term. It's not just one leader or it's not just your spiritual father or it's not just your senior pastor. It says obey your leaders and submit to them. Now, you know that we have leaders over different areas of our life. When you're at work, you have a boss there. When you're at church, you have a pastor here. 
if you're you know in a in a team let's say you are you're in a worship team there is a worship team head if you're in you know uh in a family you have a father if you are in a marriage you have a husband there are authority figures in every area every sphere of your life what does the bible say obey and submit obey your leaders and submit to them why should you do this it says for they are keeping watch over your souls they are keeping watch over your souls now this is the responsibility of the leaders this is the responsibility of the kings or the authority figures that they will keep watch over your soul so that the everything that the enemy is trying to scatter whatever the enemy is trying to come and steal away from your life the authority figures can catch these enemies you get what i'm saying these authority figures are put by god over your life so that the authority figures can what can they do what can these leaders do what can the kings do that they are supposed to watch over your lives let me give you a story from the new testament i don't remember where where is this text but i will i will try to pull this up on sunday if possible jesus talks about this parable he says that you know the 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 sower comes and begins to sow seeds you know the story and then you know the bible says that when when it was night season the enemy came and started sowing weeds among the seeds and there were people that were supposed to be watchmen but these watchmen were sleeping because these watchmen were sleeping the enemy came and sowed the seed sowed the weeds along with the seeds that decreased the productivity of the harvest that will come from this place that will come from this land why because now you cannot pluck out only the weed if you pull out the weed even the good crop will get pulled out you understand so the problem was not with the sower it is not even with the reaper the problem was with the authority figures that slept if the problem was with the leaders or the kings or those people that were put by god to watch over your souls what did they do they slept when they were supposed to be watching over your souls amen so there is responsibility that is required from both ends you know if you are going to be living your life put that verse back on the screen if you are going to be uh hebrews 13:17 if you're going to be living your life without you know submitting without being accountable then the leaders that that god has put over your life they cannot give an account for the things that you do see they can only give an account for the things that you have exposed to the things that you have submitted to them there is always a limit to the how much they can influence you and that limit is the limit to which you have become vulnerable the limit to is the limit to which you have opened up yourself to them am i right so if you're going to say hey don't 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 i don't need your help i don't need your directions or instructions in these areas i'm not going to be 
open about these areas of my life then you know you're not going to be helped in those areas of your life and those areas will continue to remain unguarded those areas will continue to remain blind spots for you and for your leaders those areas will continue to be areas where the enemy can come and sow weeds along with the seeds let me let me say it like this do you know the story of absalom yeah now absalom was the son of king david what what is this story of absalom tell me if you guys know the story what happened to absalom he he didn't obey his father okay he pronounced himself as the king mhm come on tell me more he wanted to take a revenge for his sister's rape okay he he did what he felt was right okay he tried to he tried to kill his father okay he went against his father okay he died of course he died yes he died what else you know if you study the life of absalom this was a man that his father gave several second chances to if you studied that you know even after he killed his brother first his father was upset with him but then his father's heart the bible says his heart longed for absalom and the father you know and joab the army commander sent for absalom to come back home and he tried to get absalom back home after absalom came back home you know the father still didn't meet him and then joab arranged for the father to meet absalom for absalom to be reconciled with his father now after all of this that happened you know what absalom started doing he started meeting people at the city gates and he's saying hey you know what the king is too old he's too busy to take care of your needs come to me i will help you he started you know taking things into his own hands and exercising authority over things that were not even given to him it was not given to him it was not wrong to exercise authority on on behalf of his father the only problem was it was not given to him to exercise authority on behalf of his father but he started doing that now the the crazy thing is this the father knew it and kept quiet about it the father didn't do anything about it the father said okay let it continue let it multiply let it let us see where this goes to and david continued to let him uh, david allowed him to do whatever he wanted now the problem was in a few days this guy's ambition continued to grow to the place where he wanted to replace his father now he wanted to replace his father and what happened as a result of it he you know he went all out rebellion against his father now you should understand this absalom also loved his father it's not like he didn't love his father he just probably felt that his father is too old and incapable to run the king kingdom the way that he is able to run so he just he you know he may have had 
good reasons to try to take over the kingdom but just the way that he did it was completely off right now check this out this is the crazy part even when the rebellion is full fledged and there is these armies that are about to go head on colliding with each other you know what the father says the father says do whatever you have to do but spare my son absalom make sure that there is no harm done to absalom you understand that is the heart of a father it doesn't matter that the son is trying to kill him it doesn't matter that the son has actually defiled his marriage bed you know that that's what they what he did it doesn't matter that the son is trying to take away his throne the father still says make sure that there is no harm done to absalom that's the heart of the father in other words this is what i believe okay this is what i believe that even at that point if absalom would have been willing to become vulnerable to his father and said that you know i messed up i allowed my ambition to grow to a crazy extent i allowed my my selfish desires to go to an extent where i became rebellious and even if that that point he would have exposed it to his father he would have there was still place for redemption there was still place for reconciliation because can you imagine in the thick of battle what is the father still concerned about that that his son doesn't get affected after the after he won the battle the father is still sitting and crying for the son who he lost in the battle can you imagine that now but the scary part is this even though absalom was somebody that you know had had rejected the father and the father had not rejected the father had continued to love him the father had continued to keep the door open for him and all of that there were people that were truly completely loyal to david right and these guys were the ones that were assigned to protect david these were the ones that were assigned to fight for david these were the ones that were assigned to fight for david's kingdom and david's dreams and the call of god upon david's life these guys did not spare absalom you understand what i'm saying these guys they killed absalom did david kill him no david did not want to kill him but there were people that were assigned by god to protect david and these guys killed the rebellious son let me explain this to you now you and i maybe in that spot where we have our own selfish rebellious thoughts and dreams and desires that keep creeping up from time to time if we don't expose it at the right time it's only a matter of time before you and i become lucifer before you and i become absalom before you and i become rebellious if we don't expose it at the right time if we don't bring it to light at the right time you know the thing about your father or the leaders that god has placed over your life is that that they will still weep for you that they will still fight for you they will still cry for you they will still show mercy to you but don't expect the the angels that god has assigned to these guys to give you the same favor you understand what i'm saying don't expect the 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 call of god that is upon these guys upon your leader upon your father 
to be so fragile that if you take a fight if you pick a fight with your father that you will come out of it unharmed the father may continue to love you the father may continue to want to show mercy to you but if you pick up a fight with your father you're definitely not going to be you know on the right side of this battle that's why the bible says hey you know what they are keeping a watch over your souls as those who will have to give an account to god now the next line it says let them do that with joy and not with groaning for that would be of no advantage to you so these kings that are appointed by god to protect the gathering to to protect your life and to protect your harvest you can get them to do their job with groaning or with joy because if you get them to do their job with groaning that will you know although they may still love you it'll it'll be painful for you because the bible says for that would not be of that would be of no advantage to you if if they are going to be doing their task of praying for you and 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 standing in the gap for you and watching over your harvest and watching over your gathering with a lot of groaning man god save your soul may god save your finances may god save your family never give reason to make your man of god cry over you you understand what i'm saying may they do their job with joy we we have this in our benediction for this year so we're going to read that also in passing hebrews chapter 13 and verse 7 uh, you know most of the scriptures that we have put in the benediction they are all there intentionally okay so the bible says remember your leaders those who spoke to you the word of god consider the outcome of their of their way of life and imitate their faith what is what is the bible asking us to do consider the first remember them second consider the outcome of their life okay third but imitate their faith you know dad thought about this this morning you know he said you can consider their lifestyle in other words you, you can consider the their clothing sense and their driving and their all their other but if you don't like it don't take it no problem but their faith you imitate but their pursuit of god you imitate no matter how 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 out of place you may feel like you still imitate what they carry in their spirit amen so there are a few things that's really necessary for us to understand when it comes to submission and 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 being in that place of accountable to our spiritual leaders one key quality is loyalty you want to see your harvest being in the same place through the course of this year and and continue to increase and grow then you have to be somebody that is absolutely loyal loyalty is going to be the the foundation on which god can build this uh this season let me read this scripture for you the book of ruth chapter 1 verse 16 and 16 to 18 in fact okay this is right after a, a great scattering that has happened to ruth and her uh, daughter in law ruth said ruth replied 
the mother-in-law had just said hey you know what go back go back to your hometowns go back to your families let the lord bless you there but ruth replied do not urge me to leave you or to return from following you for where you go i will go and where you lodge i will lodge your people shall be my people and your god will be my god verse 17 where you die i will die and there i will be buried and may the lord do so to me and more also if anything but death parts me from you and when naomi saw come on read that out with me when naomi saw that she was determined to, to go with her she said no more you would see the same thing elijah did with elisha elijah told him hey you know what go i this is this is a season for you to go and be by yourself but what did elisha do he was determined to not leave elijah's side here is ruth she's saying i am not following you for the benefits that i get out of this relationship what ruth is saying what naomi is saying is you know what daughter right now there is no benefit that will come out of being my friend i am already a disaster i have i have gone outside god's will and i have i have become completely obsolete there's nothing that i can produce that will be a blessing to you okay there's nothing that i can give to you but naomi says but ruth says i know that but loyalty is going to be my lifestyle and i am going to cling to you whether or not you have the capacity to bless me whether or not you have the capacity to take me to my destiny whether or not you are going to help me take me to my promised land i am still going to cling to you that's what ruth says now now understand this that you know we are all living in a world where we are directed by our desire for fruitfulness by our desire for productivity when we don't see productivity we want to move on to the next thing right when we don't see the answers come we want to go to the next thing but here is ruth and she says you know i'm not coming after you for my prayers to be answered i'm not coming after you so that i can be blessed i'm coming after you because i am loyal to you and that loyalty that ruth had was so detrimental the bible says that when naomi saw that she could not dissuade ruth from following her naomi allowed this ruth to come with her now the crazy thing is it was the same naomi that god used to take ruth into her promised land the same naomi that god used to take ruth into the 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 the, the land into the house of her husband you know, to to direct to give her directions as to how to enter into her promise enter into her blessing the same naomi who said that i am of no use to you is the one that god used to bless this ruth isn't that crazy that sometimes we may be living in this place we may be you know you know understanding our understanding would be that there's nothing more that can come out of this relationship but then god is saying i am still testing your loyalty in this relationship i'm still testing your loyalty i'm waiting to see to what extent are you willing to go i'm waiting to see i i spoke about this on the first night how john when he saw that jesus was not about to help him he gave up he said 
Are you truly the Messiah or should we wait for another one? He gave up. When he saw that Jesus is not really helping him, John gave up. And in fact, the Bible says Jesus withdrew from John because of that incident. Jesus withdrew from the people that he was ministering with after that. Why? Because John, he he was not able to understand how could he serve a leader? How could he serve a father who is not helping him? How could he serve a father who is not taking care of him? How can he follow a father, follow a leader who is not going to be beneficial for him? Do you understand what I'm saying? Now this season, the Lord is going to test your loyalty. The Lord is going to test your loyalty. Because there is a blessing that is on the other side of the wall, that is on the other side of the wall of Jericho, that is on the other side of the river Jordan, that is on the other side of that wilderness, that is, that is guarded by giants. Now these giants are going to stand in the way and they are going to test your patience. They are going to test your obedience. They are going to test your faithfulness. They are going to test your loyalty. They are going to test your accountability. They are going to test your submission. They are going to test your willingness to surrender. They are going to test to what extent can I, can I irritate this person and, and, and to what extent is this person not willing to give up? These giants are going to test you. But that is where your loyalty comes to the light. That is where what is truly of the Lord will be shown. And that is why it's very necessary for us in this season to know who are the kings that God has placed over our lives, who are the leaders that we need to obey and submit to, who are the ones that we need to be accountable to, who are the ones that we need to open our lives to, who are the ones that we need to be we need to be so determined to follow. Because see, the same leaders who can be a blessing to you can also become a curse to you. Same leaders who are supposed to be your comfort can actually become sources of discomfort for you. Let me, let me teach you this, okay? Matthew chapter 3 and verse 11 and 12. We'll read it uh, this is an amazing scripture. We talk about a lot of gathering in these scriptures. Let me, let me read it out for you. I baptize you with water. Who is saying this? John. He's saying, I baptize you with the water for repentance. But he who is coming after me, he is mightier than I, whose sandals I am not worthy to carry. What will he do? He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with fire. Verse 12. It says, His winnowing fork is in his hand and he will clear his threshing floor and gather his wheat into the barn. But the chaff he will burn with unquenchable fire. What is he saying? He's talking about this Jesus who is going to come after him and is describing him and he's saying, hey, this Jesus, he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with fire. And he says, this Jesus, this Jesus who is coming to you, he has a winnowing fork in his hands. You can just Google this up to see the picture of a winnowing fork. What they do is, 
you know, once the harvest comes in, what they do is with this winnowing fork, they will pick this, pick the harvest up and they will throw it in the air. And as the as they throw it in the air, the wind will come and carry away the chaff, and only the wheat will fall back to the ground. The chaff will be carried by the wind and will be separated. You know, the, the things that are not supposed to be gathered will be separated. And the things that are supposed to be gathered, the true harvest that is supposed to be gathered, they will be gathered here, right? Now there are two sources. Go back, go back to the scripture. Give me the scripture again. It says there are two sources. One is the wind that will separate the the wind that is used by this winnowing fork. You know, when, when this winnowing fork is up in the air trying to separate, this wind comes and separates, right? The wind will separate the, uh, you know, that's the picture. You know, that's the winnowing fork. And what, what does the wind do? The wind is what will separate the wheat from the chaff, right? Now, and the second element that Jesus spoke about or that John spoke about is fire. What does the wind do? The wind is what gathers the, the wheat in this place and the fire is what destroys or burns the shaft away. Okay? Are you ready for the next verse? I was blown away when I heard my father teach about this. Give me Psalm 104 verse 4 in the NLT version if you can. The book of Psalms 104 and verse 4. Are you ready to read this? The winds are your are your messengers and the flames of fire are your servants. So now that we have understood who is the wind and the and the fire, let's go back to this scripture. Do you see what Jesus is doing? What is he doing? He's coming and what is he going to do? He is going to pick up the fork, the winnowing fork and separate the wheat, the true gathering from the false gathering. He's about to separate them, right? Come on. Are you still with me? Are you confused yet? No. no. Okay. Who is doing this? Jesus is doing this. But who are the ones that is helping him do this? The wind and the fire. The wind is going to bring together the wheat into this place and the fire is going to it's going to destroy the ones that are not supposed to be in this gathering. And now the psalmist says the winds are actually the messengers of God. The fires, the flames of fires are also the servants of God. That God has placed over your life. See, when Jesus is going to separate the wheat from the chaff, He's going to use some servants of God. He's going to use some voices. He's going to use some men and women of God that are going to do the separating. And he's going to use these messengers and these servants to either be a wind over your life or to be a fire over your life. It is your choice where you want to fall. It is your choice what you want to receive from them. You can either receive the fire or you can receive from the wind. You can receive the wind that will comfort you or you can receive the fire that will consume you. It is your choice what you will receive from your man of God. It is your choice because I'm telling you, this is a season of gathering. 
and in a season of gathering there is a lot of lot of purification that happens there is a lot of separation that happens and 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 don't don't expect your leaders to be as gracious as they as they were in the last season in the last season they were just trying to be helpful to you because they know that you're going through a hard season they know that you're going through a you know like like i taught you on sunday you know anguish and you know all that thing so they will try to be a comfort to you but in this season there is a dual nature that they will carry in their spirit they will either be a wind or they will be a fire over your life now it is your choice how you position yourself who you position yourself to be that is your choice well, that will determine what you will receive from these messengers or these servants of god I'm trying to scare you as much as I can this this evening. I'm trying to tell you that this is serious business that we are entering into in 2020. That's why that's why we are not going to uh you know pamper everybody like we did in 2019. That's why we are not going to have the same response to issues that we had in 2019. In 2020 we are going to respond differently. In 2020 some of your leaders are going to be harsh with you. and but they are they are all going to be for your own benefit see if, if your leader doesn't do that if your father doesn't do that to you then you will forever be in that illusion that everything is all right with you and 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 you will never grow you will never come from that pile to this pile and you will eventually get burnt in the unquenchable fire the fact that your leaders are willing to discipline you your leaders are willing to separate you out your leaders are willing to isolate you you know in fact the bible talks about how jesus sorry paul wrote to the church at first uh, in 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 the book of first corinthians and, and and paul says hey you know what isolate this particular guy keep them away keep this guy away because this guy has the capacity to spoil other people in the church keep him away for a season then in second corinthians he writes to them again and says hey you know what now he deserves our forgiveness now bring him back in the purpose of the isolation the purpose of that that disciplining was not to destroy this guy but it was to to help this guy in fact you know it's crazy in in first corinthians 5 the bible says that paul said i'm going to hand him over to the devil ouch i'm going to hand him over to the devil i'm telling you this season we are shifting gears amen yeah amen because if we have to if we have to see a gathering if we have to see a harvest that the apostles saw we need to we need to shift gears and go into the apostolic mode this year so that means that we are not going to be merciful to everything it means that we are not going to take everything that you do for granted this season we are going to pronounce things speak things into action we're going to associate we're going to associate and disassociate from you and, and or from your actions uh, based on your lifestyle based on your willingness to be helped this season this coming season this coming season we're going to do that why because we are the winnowing fork we are like the winnowing fork in the hands of jesus we are like the wind and the flame in the hands of jesus that is going to separate that is going to either comfort or consume what god is 
what God is releasing. Am I speaking to somebody in this place? So, so what is that one area of your life that you feel that you have not submitted to? That you have not submitted yourself to? You know, I, I'm not going to teach this with such heaviness on a Sunday morning because I know this is not a word meant for everybody. That's why we are not going live with, with, with these sermons and that's why we are not opening up these for everybody. This is specifically for those that have paid a price and are, and are spending time with us on a day in and day out basis, right? So my question to you is going to be this. What are those areas of your life that you are still not exposed, that you have still not become accountable about? You know what it means to be accountable? It, it means that, you know, that, that you just come and expose those areas of your life and say these are the areas that I need help in that these are the areas that I need uh, growth in these are the areas where I'm messing up now now I will I will tell you as fathers in this house as leaders of this house we are never going to judge you for your weaknesses because we are weeping over you even without you opening up those areas of our of your lives to us we are still weeping over you like david he was crying over his son even though his son had isolated himself from the father david was still crying david was still weeping so we are still praying for you but when you open it up to us it will only allow us to bring the love and the grace and the forgiveness of god into those areas of your life because I'm telling you, 2020 is something where, is, is a year where, you know, our consecration has to be of the highest order. 2020, we cannot mess with our consecration. 2020, we cannot mess up with our lifestyle of holiness. 2020, we cannot mess up our purity. Now, I'm not just talking about purity in, uh, in uh, actions that you used to do, things that you used to do before you got saved. I'm talking about purity in every area of your life. It could be even subconscious realm like your dreams. It could even be, uh, uh, you know, unintentional areas of your life. Things that you have not been, things that you are not intentionally motivated by with wrong motives. Things that you yourself are not doing. Even those areas of your life, it is necessary for you to bring those areas to light in 2020. Because the Lord is releasing a, 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 a sense of purity upon the church. The Lord says, I'm, I'm calling you to a lifestyle of purity. I'm calling you to a lifestyle of purity. You know, see, if it was not possible, Jesus would not have expected this from us. If it was not possible, Jesus would not have expected this from us. Let's read the book of Matthew chapter 5 and verse 46. Forty-eight. Sorry. Give me verse forty-eight. It says, "But you are to be, come on, loudly. But you are to be perfect, even as your Father in heaven is perfect." This is the level that the Lord is taking us into. What is the level of perfection that He's taking us into? To the to the to the level where your Father walks in. Your father in heaven is... See, now tell me about this. What is, the, what is the level of holiness or the level of perfection that your father has? See, if when I talk about sinlessness or purity, what do you think about? Oh, wait, I don't, I don't swear, I don't drink, I don't 
do this that is why i am holy but is that is that why god is holy why is god holy because he doesn't lie because he doesn't drink because is the, is that why god is holy come on why is god holy what is it about him that makes him holy because he is god what else what what is it that what is it that makes him holy his love his heart his attributes he's perfect okay sorry his actions okay see let me let me explain this to you our actions are a result of our personality of who we are you know it is god god is not perfect because he does perfect things because he is perfect he does perfect things in other words his actions come out of who he is so in this season of our life in 2020 the lord is calling us to such deep level of consecration and purity the lord says i want you to be transformed in who you are not just in what you do not just in what you exhibit to others god wants to change who you are on the inside of you god wants you to be pure on the inside of you and in fact the more we understand this the more we you know uh we realize that god wants us to be pure in this season that god wants us to be holy in this season the more we understand that that is our true identity that that is our true reality that in christ we are pure in christ we are righteous the more we realize that the more our actions will begin to reflect that our problem is that we think that if only i can do right things i will become pure that's not how it works when we believe who we are when we understand who we are that is what will lead to the right actions let me read this verse out to you and i'm 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 speaking this over you okay this second corinthians chapter 11 and verse 2 and i'm 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 prophesying this over you I pray that some of you will receive this as a as a as a prophetic second Corinthians this is second Corinthians chapter 11 and verse 2 that that you would receive this as a prophetic word over your life Paul is saying this to the church and as your pastor I'm speaking this over you for I'm jealous for you with a jealousy of God himself I promised you as a pure bride to one husband Come on. One husband Christ. What is the next line? Undivided devotion to Christ will will be corrupted. Okay, go back, go back. Okay. Let's let's read it again. For I'm jealous for you with the jealousy of God himself. I promised you as a pure bride to one husband Christ. but i fear that somehow your pure and undivided devotion to christ will be corrupted just as eve was deceived by the cunning ways of the serpent check this out what is what is paul saying hey my prayer and my hope and my desire for you is that you will be a pure bride with undivided attention 
undivided attention to your groom that is what makes you pure your willingness see what happened to eve eve gave her ears to the serpent but what will keep your what will keep you pure is your willingness to give your ears your undivided devotion your undivided attention only and only to christ that is what will keep you pure if you're asking me pastor i'm i'm struggling with these temptations i'm i'll tell you this is the key this is the key the lord says if you are going to give undivided devotion to jesus this season then you're going to walk like that pure bride that 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 jesus has ordained us to be that is our identity come on lift your hands to me father i pray that our church that this church will be a pure bride in 2020 that this will be a undivided it will be a chaste and a and a bride that has no second priorities that is not willing to give her love to another man I speak this over the hearts and the minds of people and I speak a complete clarity as to who our master is who our master is in the mighty name of Jesus in the mighty name of Jesus in the mighty name of Jesus every other love every other love every other love every other love we laid down at the altar every other love we sacrifice every other love shamana mandara bosuku diri bilara gada dera 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 every other love what is your isaac bring it to the altar today who is your isaac bring it to the altar today who is your isaac who is your isaac the lord says bring it to the altar today it is your willingness to give undivided devotion to Jesus that is the willingness that will keep you uncorrupted that is the willingness that is what will keep you pure refiner's fire my heart's one desire is to be holy set apart for you Lord I choose to be the 10 verse 34 can you bear with me for 10 minutes more yes for 10 more minutes i'm i, I just i'm just this these are not things that i had planned to teach you today i i had planned to give you three points that will that will cause scattering but i'm still on the first point uh, as as the lord is redirecting us we are just going we are just allowing the lord to flow the 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 grace of god to flow is that okay 
book of Matthew chapter 10 verse 34 to 39 we're going to read all these verses don't imagine that I came to bring peace to the earth I came not to bring peace but a wait a minute who is saying this Jesus is saying that I did not come to bring peace see what do you do with a sword kill destroy and slay that is what you do with the sword right Jesus is saying that is how I have come I have come to not to bring peace in every area I have come to bring a sword why let's let's read on I have come to set a man against his father a daughter against her mother a daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law go further your enemies will be right in your own household ouch what is the Lord trying to teach us the Lord is saying that this season is so crucial that there are going to be relationships that you consider very dear that you consider very crucial very important to you which can be threatened this season because the Lord is coming with a sword to divide relationships what kind of relationships are these relationships that are sinful go back give me the verse previous verse give me verse 35 a man against his father come on your physical father or your spiritual father is that relationship a, a, a bad relationship come on be honest is it a bad relationship absolutely not a daughter against her mother physical mother or spiritual mother is there a is there a bad relationship you know can it you know these are not relationships that we are talking about where you know this person is going to cause you to sin right these are relationships that God has ordained for you to bless you to cause you to be prosperous and victorious right am I right come on talk to me yes these are relationships that God has ordained to become a blessing for you but the Bible says these relationships I'm going to cause a sword to come and divide you know this uh, evening when we were starting the service you know I was, I was, uh, and this was not, I was not prepared to share all this, but uh, Pastor Rashmi, she saw a vision. She saw an umbilical cord being cut off, you know, and she saw a separation, like a child is trying to hold the father's hand, but it is being separated. I, I tried praying and asking the Lord, what, is, what does this mean, Lord, you know? But because she saw that vision and she, she gave me, much more details of the vision that I'm not sharing here but as she as she gave me that vision I was like praying asking the Lord Lord what does this vision mean because in these few days we've been also emphasizing a lot on spiritual fathers and spiritual sons right so you need to also understand the context and you need to see that sometimes the Lord may end up dividing you from your spiritual father or your spiritual mother why what can be your what can become 
what can become the sin verse 36 go back to go to 36 again it says your enemies will be right in your own household that can that can become your enemy your enemies can be right in your own church your enemies can be the ones that are you know preaching at you this season verse 37 are you ready for this it says if you love your father or mother more than you love me you're not worthy of being mine or if you love your son or daughter more than me you are not worthy of being mine this applies to both level you see that it's talking to the sons and to the fathers you see this go back it's speaking to the father it's speaking to the children and he's saying if you love your father or mother more than you love me and you're not worthy of walking with me vice versa if the father is in the house if you love your son or daughter more than me then you're not worthy of being mine in this season your spiritual parents your leaders are going to be harsh enough to let some of you guys go because of their love for God because and they're going to be harsh enough to tell you the truth they're going to be harsh enough to tell you where you're crossing boundaries they're going to be harsh enough to rebuke you and if that requires to disconnect from you they're going to do that why because your first loyalty has to be for Jesus because he's your bridegroom he's your bridegroom and as leaders in the church our job is to is to commit you to to Jesus to be a pure bride there is undivided attention undivided devotion can you imagine that sometimes because this is why Jesus is saying he's saying sometimes your enemies can become the ones in your own household why is he saying this he's saying see most of us are not running the risk of loving our enemies more than God will you will you love the guy that is you know screaming curses at you and 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 uh, and abusing you more than God anybody in this place who's saying I'm going to be loving this guy who is who just banged into my car and you know I don't know if he, if I love him to the extent of loving him more than God no that is not the area where we are dangerous where the danger is the danger is for loving people that are inside the household that are that are called by God to protect you to provide for you and to cover you but if you choose to you know cause your your devotion to God to be divided because of your devotion to your father or mother then that umbilical cord needs to get cut then the same voice that needs to be feeding you will begin to be the ones that will separate you away the same people that were supposed to be your blessing will become your curse the same person that was supposed to be life to you will become death to you because whatever said and done we cannot run the risk of loving anybody of physical brothers or physical parents or phys- of a spiritual family or spiritual parents whoever it may be loving anybody 
more than we love Jesus. The Lord is calling the bride back into total, true, undivided devotion to Jesus. The Lord is saying, hey, you know what? Verse, verse, verse 38. Whoever does not take his cross and follows me is not worthy of me. If you don't, give me the uh, ESV translation of verse 38. It says, whoever does not take his cross and follows me is not worthy of me. Verse 39, whoever finds his life will lose it. And whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. And somebody said an amen to this. You know, this is the season we are talking about gathering, about finding things that truly belong to us, right? The key to receiving things, to gathering these things is to lose, to give away, to cut off, to disconnect from things that are actually very valuable to you. In your pursuit of pursuing Jesus, in your pursuit of being obedient to God, in your pursuit of being holy, in your pursuit of being perfect, in your pursuit of being righteous. If there is a relationship that is causing you to be discontent and that is causing you to be sinful, that is causing you to be, you know, disloyal to the Lord, I'm telling you that that relationship is not worth it. It's, it's truly not worth it. Because... 2020 is a year where we have to be, we have to have a high level of consecration, have a high level of purity, have a high level of accountability. We need to have a high level of, of, of willingness to, to let the Lord deal with the impure things in our life. To let the Lord come in and, 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 and just, just take away things in our life that are, that are actually put by the enemy there to destroy us. Let me finish with this last scripture for today. First Peter chapter 5, verse 6 to 10. Even this scripture, you know, I heard it in my spirit. That's why I'm, I'm just going to be, I don't know if, 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 if this even connects to um, our context here, but I'm just going to read it out for you. Pray and bless you. And we're going to go to just pray till all the way till 9 o'clock. Okay? Read it with me. Humble yourself, therefore, under the mighty hand of God so that at the proper time he may exalt you you know that your your leaders are the hand of God your leaders are the the hands of God that the Lord is using over your life if you read the book of Revelation chapter 1 it says the stars are in the right hand of God the 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 you know if you read there are seven candlesticks and seven stars. Jesus, the, the seven candlesticks represent the churches and the seven stars represents the pastors of these churches. Right? And when the Bible says, submit under the mighty hand of God, the Bible is actually talking about submitting under the, the seven stars that are in the hands of God. The seven pastors, the seven leaders that are in the hands of God. You understand what I'm saying? The Lord is about to lay his hands on you. We heard this yesterday also. He is going to, the hand of God is going to come upon you. But who is the hand of God? It is the servants of God that are in the hands of God that is going to come and reposition and realign you. So the Bible says, humble yourself therefore under the mighty hand of God. Who are the mighty hand of God? The 
the servants of God, the pastors, the wind and the fire, the, the messengers of God, the leaders, the kings, the authority figures, the spiritual fathers or the mothers that God has placed over me. I have to humble myself and submit to these people that are under, that are the mighty hand of God so that at the proper time, He may exalt you. Verse 7, casting all your anxieties on Him. Why? Because He cares for you. God cares for you. Do you believe, believe that? So this season, you have to lay down your anxieties. You have to lay down your worries. You have to lay down your prayer requests, your struggles, your fears, everything. You need to lay it down and say, Lord, I'm, my life is not my own. To you, I belong. Amen. Verse 8, it says, be sober-minded. Say it loudly, be sober-minded. Be watchful. Why? Because your adversary, the devil, he prowls around like a roaring lion seeking someone to devour. So if you're not under the mighty hand of God, if you're not humbling yourself under your leaders, then you are open to the attacks. You, you are open to the adversary, the devil who is prowling around you. Verse 9, it says, Resist him firm in your faith, knowing that the same kinds of suffering are being experienced by your brotherhood throughout the world. In other words, what you're experiencing is not unique to you. There are other people all over the world that are experiencing what you're experiencing. They are being tempted in the way you are tempted. But are you ready for the worst? Are you ready for the blessing for today? Come on, are you ready for the blessing for today? Come on. Let's stand up for this, okay? Verse 10. And after you have suffered a little while, you know that 2019 was that season of suffering. 2019 was that season of being in that anguish. Like how that pregnant mother has to, you know, suffer for a little while, be in anguish for a little while. It says, after you have suffered a little while, the God of all grace, who has called you to his eternal glory in Christ, what will he do? He will himself restore, confirm, and strengthen and establish you. Come on. I want you to say those four things out loud. He is going to restore. He is going to confirm. He is going to strengthen. And he is going to establish you. Come on, loudly. He is going to restore. Confirm. He is going to strengthen and he is going to establish you church this is your season of gathering and because this is your season of gathering he is about to restore everything that has been stolen from you in 2019 he's about to restore that even some relationships that has been taken from you the lord says i can and i am able i am willing i'm capable to restore them to you the second thing that the Lord says is, I'm this season, I am going to confirm you, confirm you, confirm you. There will be no doubt as to where you belong. There will be no doubt as to who your father is. There is going to be no doubt as to what is your identity. There is going to be no doubt as to what you are called to do. This is also a season where he will strengthen you. 
strengthen your weak knees strengthen your weak hands and the Lord says this is also a season where he will establish you you are going to be established you're going to be founded Lord I release that grace because you are the God of all grace I release that grace to be established in this season this is the season when the Lord wants to restore, confirm, strengthen and establish Restore, confirm, strengthen and establish. Restore, confirm, strengthen and establish. 